Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. The title for today is God, Remember Me. God, Remember Me. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 23, verse 39 through 43. Verse 39 says, and one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Amen. So far the scripture, God, remember me. And so as we are talking about, you know, our sermon series, Watch God Be God, we're going to go and just revisit our foundation scripture, which is Exodus chapter three, verse 14. And it reads, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. And I love this verse when I'm talking about, when I think about watching God be God and be himself, that word flex just comes to me every time. Like he's just going to throw his weight around and be who he is. He's everything that we need him to be. He is the I am. Um, This weekend, I I wasn't even thinking about this verse, but I was singing a song that uh, Praise and Worship used to sing before I, um, before I came to the church and a few, you know, times when I was, when I actually moved here. And the song is, he is the great I am. Um, I recorded it. I sang it so I can listen back, you know, hear it over and over again. And that's exactly the words. Just, he is the great I am. He is the great I am. Whatever it is that we need him to be, that's what he is. Whatever missing piece that we feel that, you know, life is a huge puzzle. And sometimes we, we feel like we're having some missing pieces. We don't see the full picture. All of those missing pieces, that's, that's what God is. If I'm missing a little bit of love on a certain day, then God is that love. If I'm missing a little bit of peace on a, a certain day, then God is that peace. So God is whatever it is that we need him to be. And then it took me to a song that Miss Pay, um, a group that I used to be in, that used to sing. And it's just it's a worship song, just saying, I am whatever you need me to be. I am that what you're searching for. I am. Um, take a look and see that I am all you need. And those lyrics came back to me. And I'm like, you know what, God, you are the great I am. No matter what it is that I'm in need of, whatever I'm in search of, I can find it in you. I can have it in you. So I just want you guys to go back and reflect upon the scripture. If this has to be something that you quote each and every day, because the enemy is going to make you feel like that peace that you can't ever attain that peace. But if you just get in God, honey, I know everything that you need will be right there because he is all of those things. Amen. Amen. So let's look at verse 39. So here um, we have Jesus. He's on the cross and he is hanging on the cross with two malefactors. Malefactor is just a fancy word for the word thief. Amen. And so he's being, um, you know, he's being crucified. But before, before Christ dies on the cross, we see this snapshot of a conversation. And it says, and one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. And so one of the malefactors or one of the thieves, we know a thief to be a person who steals. The definition says that a person who steals secretly or with open force. And so thieves that steal with open force are more like bank robbers. You know, you see them in the movies. Um, Even still, they still hide their face. So to me, even the open force stealing is still secret stealing because most of the times they're wearing some type of disguise. And so when you think about 
the um, the characteristics of a thief stealing secretly. They're never like if somebody steals from you, nobody ever says, hey, I'm taking this because then you, it, the whole thief part just kind of falls, falls short. So it has to be something secretly. Therefore, thieving is a cowardly exercise. It is a characteristic, a cowardly characteristic of Satan. And so a thief is a person who takes on the characteristics of the enemy and steals from someone. Um, think about times when you have stolen from someone, whether it was a physical item, you ain't telling anybody because some of us have stolen from work. <laughs> you figure, hey, they're not going to miss this. But we didn't tell anybody that we took it. I'm guilty. I've been guilty of that um, in my lifetime. Some people have stolen from other people. And sometimes it's not always a physical item that's being stolen secretly. Sometimes it's something intangible. Sometimes it's stealing somebody's peace, stealing somebody's joy. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've learned something like you're an adult, but you found out something like people already knew about this, but you're just finding out and you go to somebody like, oh my gosh, I did not know that, you know, such and such. And I'm like, I've been through that. It's like, <laughs> just take away all your joy for your, you know, I like discovering new things and I, I get very um, animated um, to say the least when I feel that joy and that excitement, is, is, I can barely contain it. And so when you go to somebody with something that's making you like downright joyous and then they, they their comment or their look or their lack of a comment kind of just like burst and pop all the joy that, that you felt and bring it to them. It's almost like you shouldn't even brought it to them in the first place. You should have just kept it to yourself and just kept that joy. Maybe you would have been able to hold on. That's being a thief, you know, stealing somebody's peace of mind, putting something in somebody's head that they're thinking about all throughout their day because of, of a seed that you planted, robbing them of their peace, robbing them of their peace of mind. So here we have one of the, the malefactors and he is the first to speak. One of these thieves, the first one to start the conversation. Let's focus a little bit on why he felt like he needed to be the first one to speak. Now, all three of them, two thieves and Jesus are all hanging on the cross. But one of these thieves decides to open up his mouth and speak and start this conversation. He wanted to be the first to speak because the first person to speak is looking for agreement. He wanted to be the first one to speak because he wanted to set the pace and the course of how the conversation was going to go. He wanted to control the narrative. He wanted to steer the mind of the other thief into joining into how he felt. And so sometimes the person that's the first to start the conversation, they have the power to kind of steer where the conversation is going to go, especially if you're dealing with someone else who's not going to speak up. So saints, we got to stop letting the enemy be the first to speak. We have got to show God that we're not going to let the enemy be the first to speak. Because when he does slip it in, um, sometimes we're not aware. And sometimes the enemy is the first. You know, it might be a situation or something that we experience. And before we talk to God about it, the enemy slips in. And he's the first one to spark up a conversation about it, about something that may have been a mis uh, misunderstanding. It could have been a disagreement that you've had with a friend or a loved one or a coworker or a neighbor or anyone or your children or your parents. And the enemy comes in as slimy as he is and, and is the first to start the conversation. And sometimes if we're not aware and we listen to those first couple of words, it has the power to steer our minds if we're not careful into the viewpoint of the initial speaker. So saints, we have got to be, we have got to be on point this year, making sure that it's not the enemy who's the first one to start the conversation, making sure it's not the words of the enemy. That's not the first words that we need to hear. We have to make sure that we're in our word and that we're studying so that God's first words will be the words that we hear initially. So the enemy wants to steer our mindset by being the first to speak. Come on here, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were in a situation where God had gave them an instruction. And who was the first to spark a conversation? That slimy serpent slithering his way in first to start the conversation and was able to gear the conversation and steer it to his liking because there was an unawareness. There was a, a, you know, how do you say being woke? 
that it was him that started the conversation. When conversations start, be aware of the initiator of the conversation. And we have to be on point where, and on guard, that we're able to stop the course of a, of a conversation that's going in the wrong direction. Amen? So one of these malefactors, he starts the conversation, he says, if thou be Christ, save thyself and save us. Nobody asked him for his opinion. Nobody asked him to say anything, just like nobody asked Adam nor Eve asked the serpent, hey, what do you think about what God told us? No, nobody asked, but he was the first to start talking. He felt like if he started this conversation, the other thief would just join in. And his first word is if. His first word was if. If is a word that yields forth doubt, a, a word that yields forth fear, a word that yields forth rebellion, a word that yields forth anxiety. What if this happens? What if that happens? Well, what if he doesn't do this? What if he's not who he said he is? If we have got to beware of that word if, and we need to rebuke the word if. When the thoughts of if come to our mind, begin to rebuke it. Begin to tear down those thoughts of if. Those thoughts of if make you feel like, you know what? I don't know. I was believing God, but what if he doesn't? Those thoughts of if, uh, they come to tear down your faith. The thoughts of if come to tear down your confidence in God. The thoughts of if come to make you think that God can't and he might not. And because you did this, that he, he may change his mind. We got to rebuke the thoughts of if. We got to tear down the thoughts of if and put those thoughts of if under our feet where it belongs. He starts with the word if, and we have to just be aware because the way that he starts this conversation, as he's speaking, and he's speaking what he's saying with a boldness and with a confidence. And I'm telling you saints this year, the enemy, when he starts these conversations, he's coming out the gate strong. He's coming out the gate saying, you know what, if I say this, I know they're gonna do this. If I say this, they're gonna start doubting God. If I say this, then they're gonna have a bad day. Oh, if I could just get this in their ear, they might forget to go to their word. If I say this to them, they might forget that I am gonna, that God really is gonna do it for them. We've got to be aware and mindful of that if and those doubtful statements and those conversations that the enemy wants to start with us. Y'all know he speaks to our mind. There could have been something that happened in a marriage. And then the enemy, as soon as y'all separate, as soon as y'all go your separate ways, the enemy begins to plant, seize conversation. I told you they're never gonna change. I told you, I told you that you made a mistake. I, I mean, just speaking things of doubt, of fear, of anxiety. What if they do it again? I know you forgave them, but what if? We've got to rebuke this if, Lord have mercy. Amen. Some of that stuff wasn't in my notes, but I bless the Lord, hallelujah. The way we become aware of when our ears hear a conversation or the initiation of a conversation, the beginning of a conversation, the way we become aware is by spending time with God. We have got to spend time with God in this season so that we can know his voice because then and only then will our spirit man be awakened and be strengthened and alerted when something doesn't quite sound like the God that we've been spending time with, when something doesn't quite line up with the word that we've been meditating on, when something just doesn't line up with the promises that God made to us, God has made us some promises and he has not forgotten. And we have to spend time with him because the Holy Spirit will remind us some of those things that we are not even thinking about. God is like, put this on their mind today, Holy Spirit. Because they don't even remember I said that I was going to do this for them. <laughs> like remind them of this today, Holy Spirit. So the enemy tries to slip in before your mind can start meditating on what God wants you to meditate on. And he tries to come and initiate a conversation with you. He tries to come and give you an if to start your day off with, to end your day off with. And, and that's what we're going to be aware of. Because as we spend time with God, we will be aware of what God sounds like. And we'll know this is not God. One of my prayers, y'all know my prayers, God, if this thought, this feeling, this emotion that I have, if it did not come from you, this opinion, if it did not come from you, God, I rebuke it right now. I denounce it right now. I am only in the business of accepting thoughts, feelings, emotions, opinions from God right now. Things that are going to build me up spiritually and not tear me down. Anything that's outside of that, I reject it. 
And I have to remind myself, because if I don't pray that every day, the enemy might slip in. He might be the first to start a conversation because I wasn't on my game and I wasn't the first to speak it out of my mouth. I wasn't the first to fully clothe myself with the full arm of God. I wasn't the first to tell God and to remind God of his word and that let God know that I haven't forgotten. I'm asking God to remember me, but we have to also let God know that we haven't forgotten. But sometimes we have to make sure that, that we're in the right mindset, in the right mindset to fight. I speak to the strength on the inside of each and every one of you to stand up and fight. That your spirit man will be so built up, thank you, Lord, that you will have the energy to fight. You will have the energy to be aware. You will have the energy to be alert, to hear when the enemy is trying to start a conversation with you about you, about someone else, about another member of the kingdom of God, that you will be aware and you'll know how to shut it down and to rebuke it. Amen. Let's look at verse 40. Hallelujah. So here is the other thief. But the other answering rebuked him saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? The other thief began to speak up. He recognized that this first thief, though you were the one to start this conversation, is not going to go how you're trying to make it go. We're about to cut the course of what you tried to start. We're about to cut it off right at the head. And we're getting ready to take it to a different direction. He began to rebuke him. Now, it doesn't say he had any title or anything like that. He's just another man up there hanging on the cross with Jesus, hearing some wayward lips speaking. And he said, you know what? That doesn't sound right. The way you started that conversation, uh-uh, mm -mm, that's not right. It's time to speak up and speak out. God is calling for us to stand out, stand up, speak out, and speak up. It's high time that we cut the lips off of the enemy when he's trying to say something to us that's wayward. Whew, I felt that. It's time to stand out, stand up, speak out, and speak up when the enemy is trying to give us a conversation that we didn't even ask for. We didn't ask him for his opinion. We didn't ask him to talk to us. Don't, oh, don't talk to me first. Oh, <laughs> You ever had somebody that just <laughs> makes me think of my little sister, Renesha. Um, I'm trying to say this in a tasteful manner. Uh, we can recognize when there's some like nasty lust spirits, like not the kind that now, truth be told, we, you know, like attention. And of course, there's some times where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that person is nice looking or whatever. But there's some nasty devils, some nasty lust spirits and it's like for them to even try to say something to you, it's like, a, oh, like, mm -mm, like, oh, don't talk to me. <laughs> That's how we have to feel about the enemy. Oh, how dare you talk to me first? How dare you try to start a conversation with me? I belong to God. We about to take this. We about to, mm -mm. this conversation you're trying to start. No, it's not going to go this way. It's not going to go to end the way the enemy wants it to go. You're starting first. Cause you think I'm not aware and I'm just going to go along with what you're saying. But uh, -uh this other, this other thief began to rebuke him and so, other thief didn't get a chance to say anything else. The first thief, he said, he said what he said and that's all he was able to say. But, and the other one began to speak up. You can't even keep going. No, I'm going to cut you off. You got, you, you got one good sentence in, but that one sentence that you spoke, it didn't sound right to me. It didn't line up with what I was reading in my word today. It didn't line up with what God spoke to me in prayer last night. It didn't line up with the vows that I made when I got married. Mm -mm, that's not lining up. So we cannot sit idly by. We cannot sit idly by. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody talked about you and they talked about you to somebody that you knew, not a stranger? <laughs> What's, what good would it be to talk to a stranger? Think about it. What good would it be to somebody talked about talk to you Talk about you to somebody who don't even know you. The enemy is very strategic. I've been in situations, and I'm sure you have, where somebody talks about you to a family member or to a friend, to a loved one. 
And what if that person just let them say whatever they wanted to say, did not come to your defense, did not correct them, did not try to bring resolve, did not try to bring y'all together and to get to the bottom of it. That is characteristics of the enemy. And God has been dealing with me about unity this year and relationships this year. There are some relationships that are okay, but God wants them to be stronger. And there are some relationships that are not okay that God wants to mend. And as a people, as the people of God, we have got to be aware, alert, and responsive. We cannot sit idly by when conversations come to us, whether it's through another human mouth or through the mouth of the enemy, speaking to our mind and speaking to our heart, we can't let the conversation go a certain way. It's time up for that. Somebody just say, time's up for that. Time's up for that. You may be a person that you don't know what to say, you don't know how to, because sometimes it's strong personalities that start in this conversation. Sometimes the other personality is like an overpowering uh, personality that makes you feel like you can't really get a word in, or you can't really stare in a different way. But I'm telling you right now, I speak to the strength on the inside of you to fight, to speak up, to stand up, and to speak out on behalf of God and on behalf of God's people, on behalf of who they are to God, on behalf of the calling that is on their life. Let me tell you one thing I, as you all know, I am a teacher by profession. Um, I teach kindergarten and I say that with a smile. <laughs> I teach kindergarten. And, you know, last week was the first week of school in the new year. And we kept talking about, you know, 2022 and getting them to understand and their, you know, young minds that this is a brand new year. So I have one student who I just, I adore, I adore, I adore. Um, but he has, he had a problem in the beginning of the year. He just, Miss Johnson, Miss Johnson, Miss Johnson, without raising his hand, just calling out, calling out. So it took a few months for us to get that, you know, under wraps and, you know, understand the rule is to raise your hand. You can't just shout out and, you know, things like that. So last week he had a moment where he forgot, you know, I always tell him, you know, you've been out of school for two weeks. So I know we have to kind of reacclimate ourselves to the rules. And I, I say to them, I say, you know what? That's so 2021. You not raising your hand and just calling us. That's so 2021. Come on. I need you to be in 2022. And then he made a face at me. It's so I love when they get my, my humor and my jokes because they're so little. I love it. He made a face at me like, you right, Miss Johnson. And he raised his hand. And I said, yes. What, what is it? <laughs> and then he was you know, able to proceed to ask me whatever it is that he wanted. But I just said to him, that's so 2021. And guess what? That's my, that's my theme for this first, this first quarter of the year. When I see the enemy trying to do something or trying to get me like he did last year, trying to plant something in my ear, trying to make me be lazy about praying or be lazy about anything else concerning the will of God, devil, that's so 2021. I'm in 2022. Woo. I, so <laughs> it's a mindset. It's a mindset. I am coming in with a newness of mind. I'm coming in, like they say, guns are blazing. I'm being, I'm sharpening my ear by spending more time with God so I can know what God sounds like. There have been times where you'd be confused, like, God, is that you? Is that me? Is that the enemy? But the only reason why we have that confusion, truth be told, is because we haven't spent the time that we need with God. Have we gotten better? Okay, maybe. Sure, some of us have gotten better, but we are in the best place yet. We're not in the best place yet. Oof. We're not in the best place yet. We're still striving. So if you were spending 15 minutes with God, let's go ahead and bump that up. Bump that up another minute or two, another five, another 10. So that we can get in that best place with him, that we will have the ears to recognize when it's the enemy starting a conversation with us, that we will have a rebuke in our mouth, a ready rebuke on our tongue to say, wait a minute, you, you speaking like you don't fear God. You talking about them like you don't understand that they belong to God. You talking out of the side of your mouth like you just don't have any reverence for the Lord, for the God that I serve. We have got to get that, that boldness and that, that courage 
has to stir up in us as we spend time with God. You know, when you get close to people and somebody tries to say something to you about somebody that you're close to, there's a ready defense. There's a ready defense, but it's where those gaps are where people be able to come and say, oh, well, what did you think about the way that such and such did this? Why do you feel like that you can do that? Because there's gaps and God is closing those gaps up. God is closing those gaps up this year. Amen. Amen. So this year, when you hear someone trying to steer a conversation in an ungodly direction, it's time to speak up. It's time to dismiss that old behavior and come into the new, the newness of speaking. The new, okay, you might not be used to me because somebody might be like, but I always used to go to you about them. Okay, that's so 2021. You can't come to me about them anymore. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, let's resolve it. So let me hear you out. All right, so now let's get the other person. We're going to go back to meetings this year. We're going to go back to resolving things. We're going to go back to getting people together and everybody saying what happened and hearing everybody's side of the story together. Not you talk to me. Okay, boom. And then I talk to you. No, we're going to get back to coming back together. Because if you really truly want resolve, then you will be open to that. If you truly want resolve, you will be open to that. You will be open to saying, okay, all right, I poured out my heart to you about what happened. But now I'm going to bring the other person in and now tell them how you feel. So a lot of times, you know, with my, my kindergartners, they'll come to me and they're like, Miss Johnson, um, such and such said something that hurt my feelings. And I, they're five years old. But I tell them, I said, go get them and, and tell them that. Like you tell, I understand you're telling me, but go get them and tell them that and see what they say. Are they going to say, I'm sorry? Or are they going to be like, no, I didn't. I said, if that's the case, then bring this to me and we'll talk all together. I'm trying to instill it into these little ones so that they understand what healthy communication is. It's okay to tell on them. It's okay. But then you also need to tell them. So don't just tell on them. Tell them directly how it is that you feel, what it is that offended you. It's time to go back to squashing those issues because they bring isms and schisms and divisions in the body of Christ. And I'm telling you right now that God is calling for us to walk in unity. This thief says, does not thou fear God? And the Hebrew word for fear is yira. The Hebraic meaning is yira. And it means awe, respect, reverence. We've got to get back into a place where we have a yira fear for the Lord and for everything concerning him and his kingdom, which includes his people, which includes his will. Sometimes the enemy is not bringing a conversation to you about another person. Sometimes it's about the will of God. Sometimes he's trying to plant doubt and if in you concerning the will of God, whatever God called you to do, whether he's called you to be married, if you're single, the enemy tries to put an if in your mind. What if I never get married? What if God wasn't, you know, telling the truth? What if God changed his mind? Mm -mm. If God said that you're going to get married, did you still going to get married? Have that awe and that respect for his word that even when the enemy tries to come and bring that doubt because of time. Oh my gosh, time. We're so afraid of time. So much time has passed. Listen, we can't be, we can't let time punk us this year. Okay. He spoke it five years ago. It's been five years later and it's been all that time that passed. But time has nothing against the flexing of our God because I respect God so much. I'm in awe of him so much that I'm still looking every day, looking for his word to come to pass in my life. I don't care how much time has passed because God is outside of time. And when he does it, it's going to be beautiful in his time. So I don't know who that, who that word is for. Amen. But we have to have that fear, that yira, that respect, that reverence. That when God speaks, I'm quiet. I listen. I don't interrupt. I don't talk back. One of my um, children, y'all know I have five children. One of them we are working on. And I'm sure those of you who know <laughs> my children will know exactly the one I refer to. We are working on not talking back. When you're told to do something, you don't always have to have a comeback. You don't always have to have something to say. It's my youngest son, y'all, Judah. <laughs> We're learning. And he, one thing he did tell me that one time when I was reprimanding him about talking back, he said, mom, I don't know what's talking back. I don't know when I'm talking back. He has to understand where the difference between 
talking back and then just giving an opinion when it's supposed to be given. And I'm having to teach him that. And I'm having to say, okay, you hear what you said just now? That's talking back, son. <laughs> having to teach them. So we have to make sure that even with God, when God is speaking to us, we there are when I say don't talk back, I'm not saying don't say, okay, yes, Lord, and I receive that, Lord. I'm talking about talking back with an opinion that's contrary or questioning what God has said. And that's showing a lack of respect. It's showing a lack of reverence. When my principal is having a meeting and he's talking to us, I'm not coming off, I'm not um coming off mute and interrupting him because I have an awe and a respect for who he is as my leader. Now, if we got to a church service and he's in my church service and he would have to respect me as an elder because the, the, the role would have changed. But in the role of school and at my job, he is my boss. In the role of life, God is our boss. In this role, this, this role that we're playing, the role of a Christian, God is our boss. And we have to show that awe and that respect and that reverence so that when we hear things that don't line up with what he said, our reverence is going to give us the boldness. Our respect for God is what's going to give us the courage. Our all being in awe of his word, that's what's going to build us up to speak up and to speak out. Hallelujah. It's like, um, you know, MIT Renisha began to, that's two shout outs. All right. MIT Renisha began to speak Wednesday about our attentiveness to the word. She began to talk about how, you know, it's so easy to be praying and get a text and respond to the text. It's so easy to do other things while we're supposed to be devoted to whatever we're doing for God, whether it's the word, whether it's worship, prayer, praise, devotion, whatever it may be. But this year, we're going to get back to reverencing God. I remember a few years ago when I was praying for my band of prayer, I was praying um, every day I pray uh, for the band of prayer ministry. And I remember posting in a chat years ago where my children were trying to get my uh, attention and I ignored them. And I can I continue praying and I heard them say, oh, she's praying. Let's come back. And that blessed me just to know that even my children understood that God is first. Whatever you need, a snack or whatever it is you want, you want to get on Roblox or whatever. That can wait. I'm talking to God right now. <laughs> whatever you need, that can wait. Um, and it just helping to build that reverence and that awe and that respect in our children as well. Amen. So thank you, uh, Minister Renisha, because that is, that's a word. That's a word that should take us even throughout the year, our attentiveness, because as we reverence his, him more, that is what's going to build us up. That's really what's going to build up our character in him. Our character outside of him is, oh, we're not going to have the right responses. We're going to let the enemy steer the conversation however he wants to steer it. So our character outside of God is not very strong. I mean, our, our, our character outside of God is not very strong in defending him and defending his will. But as we gain confidence in him and as we spend time with him, then our character in God will be the stronger one. I think about Mike Tyson. And my husband was telling me about Mike Tyson is still fighting. And I said, wait, currently? Mike Tyson? And he's still knocking people out? <laughs> I'm thinking like, we need to build ourselves up so we like, got that Mike Tyson Christian strength. <laughs> Where when the enemy come, the enemy come look like he famished because of just one blow will take him out. But in times past, the enemy's been to Mike Tyson in our life. But we need to flip it that we're the strong ones, that our spirit man is built up so that we can <laughs> take these hands in the realm of the spirit and knock the devil out and everything he's trying to say is. We should be like, like the audacity of the enemy trying to make me doubt God. Like we should be offended by that and react accordingly. Amen. Let's go to verse 41. Verse 41 says, and this is still the second thief speaking, the one that just rebuked the first thief. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man have done nothing amiss. He said, we receive the due reward of our deeds. He understands that he's hanging on the cross because he was a thief. He is acknowledging his sin. And sometimes when things happen to us, we act like, We've done nothing wrong. We act like we've lived so perfectly that we shouldn't have any consequence. But that's not true. When things happen, you know, there, we haven't always measured up to what God has called us to do. And sometimes we think we should go through life without a consequence. 
Think about a parent telling a child, don't touch the stove, the stove is hot. The child in his mind thinks he knows better than the parent, it doesn't look hot. I know when things are hot, things are red. That's not red, it's black or it's gray or it's chrome or it's steel or whatever the case may be. And they touch it and they get burned. That's a consequence for a bad choice. That is a negative consequence for a bad choice. It's not the parent who birthed them because we like to blame God a lot. God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you letting this happen to me? It wasn't that, it wasn't the parent. It's the child, the, the burning came because of the child's decision to disobey. The parent is trying to give an instruction for protection, for covering. And it's just like with sheep and a shepherd. Sometimes us as sheep, we look at what God is feeding us. We're grazing over here. And then we kind of take a look on the other side and look at the other field. And the grass looks just a little bit tastier over there. And we think that the shepherd is holding back from us something. Like, why won't the shepherd just take us over there? Why does he want us to have that better grass? Why does he want, why is he holding something back from us? Stop feeling like God is holding back from you, that he's holding you from something. When it's time for you to go to that other field, he'll lead you there. He'll tell you when it's time to go. But we as sheep, sometimes we want to stray away just for a moment. Okay, the shepherd, he's, he's, he's out for a nap. Let me go. Let me just go check real quick. I'll be right back. I just want I just want to see for myself what it tastes like over there. And when we go over there, then there's a wolf out there. There's somebody we got to run back to our shepherd and he consoles us, but he also rebukes us. And there's also a consequence. So he this thief is saying, you know what? I'm, I'm getting my due reward and thank God for the grace and mercy of God. Sometimes we don't even get our due reward for the things that we have done in our life. We have received the mercy of God, the mercy of God. We have been disobedient in so many different areas of our life at different times in our life, different courses of our life, that we receive the mercy of God. The consequences that we have received are merciful consequences because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We shouldn't even be here right now, but God is still breathing breath into our body and giving us life. So we have to give that back to him by living for him. Amen. So we have to be in a place where we understand that the shepherd, he hasn't forgotten about us. He's not trying to hold us back from something that's going to be better for us. When that better thing is, is when we can, when he knows that we can handle it, he'll release it to us. When he knows that we're in a place to receive it and not be prideful about it, he'll release it to us. We have got to continue to walk in that humility. We have got to continue to walk upright before him and stop acting like we don't deserve a consequence when we've done something wrong. Even in my classroom, there um, consequences mostly come when there's a repeat offense. There's a repeat offense. The first consequence may be just, I'm just re redirecting you with my voice. Okay, hey, make sure you remember to raise your hand, you know, this, so forth and so on. And then, you know, if there's a repeat offense and it may get, okay, let me, you're gonna have three minutes off your recess time if you don't, blah, blah, blah. So we have to make sure that we're not in this, this world of like, Oh, I can just do whatever I want. Grace, grace, grace. I do what I want. God should never get me. He should never allow a consequence to reach me. This man said, you know what? I stole and I'm getting my just reward. But this guy over here talking about Jesus, he didn't do anything. He, he didn't do anything. And he begins to speak up. He begins to speak out. He begins to stand up. And he begins to stand out. He begins to change the whole course of the conversation. The way the conversation started is not how it has to end. You may start having a conversation where everybody's yelling and then there's no peace. It doesn't have to end that way. It doesn't have to end in an abrupt manner where there's still no resolve. The way it begins, it doesn't have to end that way. The enemy can come and bring doubt to your mind and start the conversation that off. You don't have to end that conversation with doubt. You don't have to end that conversation with not believing God. You change the course when you begin to speak up, when you begin to rebuke, when you begin to speak. And this man is glorifying God. He's giving praise to God. He said, this man have done nothing amiss. That's the same as us saying, you know what, God? You are a God that doesn't lie. You are a God that's the only true and living God. You are a divine God. You are a savior. It's the same as us lifting God up, lifting him up so we can shine a light on the negativity of the conversation that the enemy tried to begin. Shine a light on the falsehood of the enemy and what the words the enemy is saying and how false it really is. That's when we begin to give God praise. That's when we begin to yield to the will of God. That's when we begin, begin to walk in strength. That's when God begins to see us and remember us and remember his promises to us. There's a blessing. There's a true blessing in our obedience 
to the Lord. So we need to stay away from bad choices that yield forth negative consequences. I'm going to say that again. We, as believers, we need to stay away from bad choices that will yield negative consequences. Hallelujah. Verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Come on, right there where you are, just say, God, remember me. God, remember me. It was a request. It was a petition. He understood that he was in a bad place. He said, you know what? If I can just be on the mind of God, if I could just be on the mind of God, and I want to tell you right now, even as you said, God, remember, remember me, God is thinking on you right now. He is remembering you right now. Babe, I see. Hallelujah, God. He is remembering you right now. He's remembering your request. And I have been praying for the males. I've been praying for fathers, sons, husbands, ne uh, nephews. I don't know. The male have, males have been very strong in my spirit. And so as a matter of fact, you have God's attention. You have God's attention. God remembers the prayers that you have prayed, dealing with husbands, fathers, brothers, sons. He's answering your prayers concerning them. He remembers the prayers that you prayed for that husband didn't seem to be able to cover you like you wanted to. He remembers the prayers that you prayed like, God, I just want to see him do this more. And I want to see him be confident in who you are. I want him to see him be able to lead our household. God said this year. God said this year to that husband that felt helpless. I don't know how to, I, I, I want to lead better. I want to help. I want to see my wife be healed. I want, I feel helpless. I don't know what else to do. God said, he's going to give you answers this year. God said that he's going to give you strength this year to stand up and be the husband that you're supposed to be. The husband that he remembers that he called you to be. God said that you're on his mind for those prayers, for those sons that you raise them up in the way and the things of God, but it seems like they have gone astray. It seems like they don't remember. God said, there's a son that's coming to, God said that there's a son that's going to give their life to God this year. I'm telling you, mark it down, write it down. There's a son that's good, that the, that parent has been praying for that was raised in the things of God that is going to finally, there's something that's going to happen. I don't know what the situation is that's going to turn him around, but he's going to come back to God this year. And when he comes back, it's going to be amazing. It's going to blow your mind. He's going to be on fire for the Lord. He's going to start talking to siblings and friends and other family members, and it's going to catch on fire. God said that even the sons, there's some sons that God, that somebody's been praying for that has an absent father. And you've been praying, God, please, God, touch my sons. Let them know that how their father's acting is not how a man is supposed to act. You've been so worried and so concerned about how they're going to view things, how they're going to view life. God said he's got them. God said that he's got your sons. Mm. You don't have to worry about them. God said that when their father is absent, he becomes their father. And that they're going to begin to feel that. They're going to be able to feel the love of God where they're missing the love of their father, where they're missing the communication, where they're missing the conversation of their natural father. God said that he's stepping in. He's stepping in and he's being a husband to you. He's being a father to your sons. That that's not something you have to, that you have to, to God has not forgotten that. That's nothing you have to worry about. He said he remembers you. He remembers the prayers. He remembers the tears. He remembers the petition. He remembers the, the things that you've asked him for. You're on the mind of God this morning. I tell you, you are on the mind of God this morning. And it's a time to give him praise. It's a time to worship him. It's a time to know that he is moving. We are going to see, we are going to hear testimonies. We are going to hear testimonies of God moving in our male children, in our the males in our life. And it's going to cause the females to come into another level of submission. Whether it's the female daughters, the female wives, the female mothers, I'm telling you, it's going to bring such a cohesiveness to our body. And to our families, because God has not forgotten. He said that he remembers. He remembers. 
and the Holy Spirit is bringing back to your mind some of the things that he has spoken to you that we have forgotten because of life, because of time, because of circumstance, because of situations, things that he told you as a child, things that he spoke to you and gave you confidence that the things that you have left your confidence and walked away from the confidence, God said to begin to pick that confidence back up. I left it here, but I'm going to go and pick it back up. It's still intact. You just let it down. When you let it down, it didn't shatter. It didn't break. It didn't change form. God said, pick that confidence right back up. Yeah, he remembers. He remembers and he's directing. I see God directing you back to where you dropped your confidence. He's being a compass directing you. Where was it? It was in my singing. Oh, I'm going to pick that confidence up. Where was it? It was in me rebuking in love. That's why I'm picking it back. He said he's directing you back to where you left your confidence. And he remembers. And he's going to cause you to remember. And you're going to go back. And you're going to go back in prayer. Confidence in prayer. Confidence in leading your household. Confidence in being a mother. Somebody said they feel like they're failing as a mother. Mm-mm. He remembers calling you mother before you ever gave birth. The first time, the second time, the third time, whether it be a fourth time. Pick that confidence back up and be the mother that he called you to be. Wherever it is, whatever area, he remembers. He's thinking on you right now. You're on the mind of God right now. And I pray that you get in tune with what he's speaking for your life. There's some things he wants to do even in this first quarter. We know that he's going to move all throughout this year. But this January, February, and March, there are some dynamic things that God wants to do. Because he remembers. You ask him to remember you. Ask him, God, do you see me? God, have you heard me, God? Have you heard my prayers, God? Have you seen these tears that I've been crying? He's got you. Somebody that's worried about their father. He's got him. He remembers. And one thing about him is that he is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He is faithful to that which he has promised. He is faithful. He's called you and he also will do it. Faithful is he that called you and he also will do it. He's doing it even now. And I pray that it brings such a peace and such a confidence so that when the enemy tries to come and bring anything else, when he tries to say anything that's contrary, it is your praise. It is your remembrance. It is your confidence that will speak first and change the direction of the conversation. And you can say, God, mm -mm, you remember me. God, you told me that you remember me. Begin to say who God is. Begin to speak who he is in your life. Let him manifest who he is in your life. He has not forgotten. He has not forgotten. And in this last verse, in verse 43, he says, today, Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you, meaning that this is a truth. This is something you can stand on today. Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Paradise is a state of happiness, a state of joy. I'm talking about God wants to give somebody true joy today. Today, today, the things that have been weighing heavily on your mind, on your heart, the things that you have not felt quite, that didn't know which quite direction to go, Today, paradise, a state of joy, a state of bliss, a state of happiness. Some of you can't remember the time, the last time that you were truly happy, truly having joy, a consistent joy, an unmovable joy, a steadfast joy. God said today, with the remembrance of the word, with him putting it back in your mind, putting it back in your heart, getting it back in your spirit, showing you where that confidence was left off, where you can pick it up and it's still intact. 
It hasn't lost its form. It hasn't lost its power. Today, look for the opportunities in this day to be joyful. The enemy is going to try to dissuade you and try to get your mind to see things that's going to bring you fear and anxiety and doubt. But uh-uh, we're not letting the enemy take control of our conversations anymore. But today, we're going to look for opportunities all throughout that day, from the time I press in and leave this Zoom until the time I lay myself down and go to sleep. I'm going to be looking for opportunities to have joy, to have true joy, to have joy that's, that's steadfast and unmovable, because God remembers me. But we just come to worship him, take some time to adore him for remembering us. If you don't mind, we can just take two minutes to let God know. Thank you. Thank you for hearing my prayers. Thank you for hearing my plea. Thank you for catching and bottling up every single one of my tears. Thank you, God, for taking my fears and bringing a calm and a confidence. We worship you, oh God. In the beauty of your holiness, God, we honor you. We say that you are the great I am. Everything that we feel that we've been missing, you are. We thank you, God, for remembering us. And we worship you. In the beauty of your holiness, God, you're here. Hallelujah. Come on and give him the highest praise. Hallelujah. Ah, that sweet sound of praise. That sweet sound of worship. That sweet sound of you lifting up your voice and letting him know he is and letting him know, God, that we're grateful that you remembered us, oh God. We're grateful that you haven't forgotten us. The sweet sound, old oh, I see. That sweet smell, that savor into God's nostrils, out of your lips, out of your lips, the fruit of your lips. Give him praise. Give him thanks. For he is God. He is God and he's here. God, cover the atmosphere of their homes right now. Hallelujah. Saturate the atmosphere. Hallelujah. God, we honor you and we thank you. And we bless your holy and your righteous name. And everywhere, um, all over where you are, just begin to give him glory, honor, and praise. For today, God has remembered you. Thank you so much for joining us today in service. I pray that your life is on the course of watching God be God. Amen. Amen.